0: Lundquist.
1: Welcome to Viral.
0: This is the show where two public health nerds talk about the history of plagues, disease outbreaks, and the people who work behind the scenes to keep us safe and healthy.
1: So what's our topic today, Quinn?
0: In a world, a world just like ours, so much so that it actually is ours. All the progress we've made in combating bacterial infections is threatened. Antibiotic resistant bacteria kill more than 23,000 Americans each year are we using antibiotics too much is a superbug some kind of off-brand version of marvel's ant-man starring paul rudd's evil twin raul Pudd? continue listening to find out
1: i i have no words for what just happened <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's okay, because I've prepared some for such an occasion.
1: Great. That's great.
0: Uh, (laughs) You're welcome. Antibiotics, when used correctly, are life-saving medicines that fight bacterial infections. Throughout human history, we've found a lot of dark and weird ways to kill people on the battlefield and in other places. But most of the time, it was a bacterial infection from a wound that ended your life. That is until the last one hundred years or so.
1: It either or, well, from the battlefield or from sexual relations. Ooh! Bear, 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 bear. <laughs> what? Everybody had syphilis. That's right.
0: <laughs> Just to be clear, antibiotics have been used for millennia to treat infections. Although until the last century or so, people really didn't know that the infections were caused by bacteria. We were just kind of doing whatever at at our problems, and sometimes it actually was right, even though we didn't understand why.
1: Oh, you mean like, hey, let me rub some pus onto that kid's wound and see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens.
0: (laughs) Various molds and plant extracts were used to treat infections by some of the earliest civilizations. The ancient Egyptians, for example, applied moldy bread to infected wounds. Wow. Like, uh, Daryl over there has got an infected wound. What do you want to do about it? I mean, I've got some moldy bread in the pantry.
1: Um yeah, let's try it. <laughs>
0: we're old-timey Egyptians. We don't really know. Let's just rub it on there and see what happens. It worked. I'm a god now. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think we've talked about Alexander Fleming before mm, on this show. We have. But as a quick recap, here's his deal. In the 1920s, British scientist Alexander Fleming was working in his laboratory. He was working in the lab late one night in at St. Mary's Hospital in London when he accidentally discovered a naturally growing substance that seemed to kill certain bacteria. The substance was called Penicillium notatum, and it had contaminated a culture plate of Staphylococcus bacteria that he'd left uncovered. He was kind of a slob. Clearly. Um, He also found that it was less toxic to the human body than other methods of disinfecting things, like high heat or bleach, which can't really be used when someone is sick.
1: Here, let me inject you with some bleach.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ethically speaking, that's that's kind of a gray area.
1: Especially at that time.
0: Yeah. But this wasn't mass-produced until, like, 20 years later, during World War II. And... It's crazy that it took that long to become mass-produced, but um, it did save countless lives as a result, and since. And since then, we've developed other classes of antibiotics to treat different infections. Okay, now imagine you have a drug that inhibits the growth of 99.9% of bacteria uh, in a human body, let's say like, not just all bacteria, because that would be pretty bad, but I mean, antibiotics do kill good bacteria and bad bacteria, but let's just talk about the bad bacteria here. The person feels better, goes on with their life thanks to the miracle of modern medicine. But what happens to that 0.01% of bad bacteria that's still left in their body? Remember, the bacteria are tiny. A bacterial cell is on average 10 times smaller than most plant and animal cells. They measure between 0.2 to 10 microns in diameter. To put that in perspective, about 1,000 of those little guys can fit on the end of a pin. Um, Now, imagine if those 0.01% of bacteria, and remember, like, the numbers of these are huge. We have more bacterial cells in our body than we do us cells. Yeah. Really, we're just walking flesh sacks of bacteria.
1: That's very poetic. You're
0: welcome. Um, now imagine that the 0.01% of bacteria that caused your infection happen to survive the course of antibiotics, either because maybe you didn't finish the course, or by chance they, they just happen to have a random mutation that changes their genetic material. Um, for biology 101, they don't have DNA. They have something else called RNA, which is similar, but it's different in a couple ways. Um, so let's just say genetic material. The bacteria's genetic material changes randomly, kind of by chance. And as a result, these guys have a special armor now that prevents them from being wiped out the next time they encounter that antibiotic. So they say, um, actually, the CDC says that one in 10 people probably has some version of an antibiotic-resistant bacteria in their body at any time. but the chance that that is then passed to someone else is low. Um, However, you know, and this is kind of oversimplified, but you get the idea. The more chances that a bacteria has to replicate and mutate to survive an attack, um, if those bacteria then multiply eventually over several generations, the antibiotic is not going to be effective anymore. So, we take antibiotics for granted at our own peril. Um, We assume that they'll always be available and effective, when the truth is, deadly bacteria are becoming immune to existing antibiotics faster than we can find new ones. And if you can imagine, the bath in that scenario isn't great for people. At least eighty million antibiotic prescriptions are written each year in the United States that are unnecessary, which makes improving antibiotic prescribing and use a national priority.
1: Absolutely.
0: Here's one that's extra scary, and I'm probably I'm gonna try to get through this.
1: Yeah. This uh, this word here. Okay.
0: It's called Carpapenum resistant enterobacteriaceae. Good job. And colloquially, it's referred to as the nightmare bacteria.
1: Oh, how lovely.
0: You know that if scientists are, like, naming things nightmare or something, it's probably a big deal.
1: Especially if they work in the microscopic world, because it's a horror show. Because,
0: you know, like, astronomers, when they discover a new planet that may have, uh, like, -like, Earth-like environment, they're like look how exciting GT754 is. And they're like, "Uh, could you give it a a better name than that? Um, So before you run for the nearest bubble room, you should know that healthy people usually do not get CRE infections. They usually happen to patients in hospitals, nursing homes, and other healthcare settings. Patients who who they require devices like ventilators, breathing machines. urinary catheters for their bladder, or intravenous catheters that go in their veins. Mm -hmm. um, And patients who are taking long courses of certain antibiotics are most at risk for CRE infections. Some CRE bacteria have become resistant to most available antibiotics, so we have nothing to treat them with. Infections with these germs are very difficult to treat and can be deadly. One report cites that they can contribute to death in up to fifty percent of patients who become infected. Fifty percent,
1: and these are patients that are already that are medically already compromised, not doing great. Yeah,
0: so this is pretty dangerous stuff. Um, public health relies on its labs for identifying these nightmare bacteria, tracking cases, isolating those cases, and performing thorough infection control measures. Think of it like a campfire in a dry forest. Under the right circumstances, it can get out of control really fast. So it was actually in the news recently that in New York City, um, there are apartment buildings where mice are carrying um, a few superbug germs. Oh,
1: my God. In addition
0: to, you know, the everyday disease-causing bacteria.
1: The Boys, mice. does this sound familiar. Isn't that fun? Oh, man. Um,
0: the mice seem to be getting these germs from human trash, specifically from the food that people throw out but it's entirely possible that they could cont- they could transmit these bacteria right back to their human landlords a team at Columbia University said so yeah keep an eye out for that the superbugs in the mice
1: i'm just in my head i'm thinking of just like this tiny little bacteria that looks like a cowboy and he's just like riding riding around mice, the mice oh that's,
0: like, that's 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 really cute
1: but also Disgusting. Kind of like
0: a couple of six shooters. Pew, pew. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we have to remember that antibiotics are very important, but they do nothing against the common cold.
1: Wait, what?
0: Um. That is caused by a virus.
1: Oh, do tell.
0: They are effective against things like strep throat, some types of pneumonia, diarrheal diseases, sinus infections, ear infections and some hospital-related infections. But many of our antibiotics are unnecessarily prescribed.
1: Hmm, I wonder why.
0: Yeah. Over time, if more and more people take antibiotics when not necessary, drug-resistant bacteria can continue to thrive and spread. They may even share their drug-resistant traits with other bacteria. (sighs) Yeah. Drugs may become less effective or not work at all in certain disease-causing bacteria. And this is a big deal. Um, When antibiotics are needed, doctors usually prescribe a mild one before trying something more aggressive, like vancomycin. Newer antibiotics can be more toxic and more expensive than older ones. Also, there's less of a chance that the newer ones um, have... Bacteria that are resistant to them. So we want to use those only in extreme circumstances. The big guns. Mm -hmm. Eventually, bacteria will develop resistance to even the new drugs. So, yeah. In recent years, some superbugs, such as vancomycin-resistant Enterococci bacteria, remain unaffected by even this antibiotic of last resort.
1: And... Entero usually means colon, uh,
0: so not great, guys. Nope. Not great. The best way to prevent bacterial infections on the individual level is by washing your hands frequently with soap and water. It's also a good idea not to share personal items like towels or razors. <sighs> um, and. Finally, use antibiotics only as directed, and make sure you finish your course. If yes! You're given course.
1: Oh my gosh! If you're given yes. a Z
0: pack, and after a couple of days you're like, "I feel better," you just finish the Just finish, fin- finish, him. finish him. We can all do our part to fight drug-resistant bacteria. But before we go, I just want to issue one little correction, so people stop messaging us about it. We know now that. Whooping cough is caused <laughs> by pertussis.
1: Yeah. Sorry about not that.
0: Diphtheria. It
1: was a really good learning moment. For
0: and us. we learn now that some people listen to our show.
1: <laughs> we sure did. We
0: should drop in little mistakes like that every once no, I'm not
1: gonna. Oh yeah. I want to, I wanna hear that you like our show, not that we're idiots.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Erica. Thank you, Abby, thank you everyone else who mentioned that. To us, we know that we made a goof, but...
1: It was a good goof. It was a good goof. It was a a goof with good intentions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Now, we're probably going to see antibiotic-resistant gonorrhea soon. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Now, there's, there's something.
1: Yeah. Remember how I talked about... Yeah, either, you know, you may die from a battle wound or you may die from an STI.
0: So last time we talked about how I shared a terrifying article with you about uh, black lung and Kentucky coal miners. I remember you shared with me a terrifying article about (laughs) antibiotic-resistant gonorrhea. Super gonorrhea. (laughs) Super gonorrhea.
1: That's a great band name.
0: Hmm. What kind of Maybe music do they play? Folk. <laughs> <laughs> Banjos? Sure. Okay.
1: Oh, my goodness. Now yeah.
0: we've gone down that road. Yeah.
1: Right? Yep, we sure have. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, thanks for that terrifying look into our bodies. That will be all for today. We want to let you know that if this is your first time listening to Viral, we have a website. We have a digital presence on the great internet. That's right. Visit us at www.viral-pod.com, and you can sign up for email alerts and just learn about the show if you want to learn more.
0: You will not contract any antibiotic-resistant bacteria by going to viral-pod.com.
1: <laughs> you will not. even, Despite the name, you will not. <laughs> Uh, also, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever people review podcasts. We'd really love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a future topic, let us know using uh, the email form on our site. Also, our intro and outro music is Take Your Medicine by the Quick and Easy Boys. And as always, remember to wash your hands. Like, we literally just did an entire episode about why it's important to wash your hands.
0: Yup. I'm Quinn Lundquist.
1: And I'm Lindsay Grove. Wash your hands.